Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Ski. Hello, hello. And Brent. Yes. And today we are going to be discussing episode seven of season one, The Competition. With that, I will go ahead and turn it over to Ski for the recap. All right. Uh, Directed by Jim Drake, produced by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman, co-produced by Marsha Posner-Williams, Created, of course, by Suzanne Harris and written by Barry Benaro and Mort Nathan. So we uh, kind of open with our first scene. Sophia is singing loudly while she is uh, in the kitchen uh, making some sauce. Do you think that that would be her, her typical singing voice, or do you think she was intentionally singing somewhat badly for the, uh, for the purpose of that? Like, like, you mean Estelle Getty's voice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you know, a lot of... Uh, or Sophia's. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Estelle Getty's. I wouldn't say the character was intentionally <laughs> singing badly, um, but, uh, but Estelle Getty... I don't Getty. know. A lot of actors and actresses can sing pretty well, but I think maybe for the purpose of that role, she was putting it on. Uh, okay. So you think that if Estelle Getty was giving the performance... Oh, opera, opera style, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Sorry, go ahead. Her singing was actually made it the first time they didn't play their little musical intro. Where they're like zooming into the house. Ah, well, that's interesting. I guess I, would... I noticed that because usually they're like, <laughs> and they're showing the uh, credits and stuff, but it was just Sophia wailing. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have the chops, you have the chops. You do. So. Yeah, it's, it's why waste it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think from here on out, we can expect that as the intro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, without watching another episode, I think it's fair to assume <laughs> that that will be how the rest of the next 183 episodes begin, 173. So. A lot of sauce to be made out. <laughs> right. So, sorry. Go ahead. We, uh, uh, we've we gotten to the intro at this point. We haven't even gotten into the kitchen yet, but at least we've heard her singing. <laughs> so she's making sauce. Uh, Dorothy enters and knows that she's making a, it's called her special 14 hour sauce. So I'm assuming she's been at it for at least a little while already. Now, do you think it means that it takes 14 hours of cooking time or 14 hours of prep time? Asking 14 hours to pass. To pass? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a nice heavy sauce that stays with you for maybe a few rounds. <laughs> if you'll notice, like, because like Dorothy. It's disgusting, but like she sticks her spoon like down into the sauce, mm-hmm. okay, and then she just eats off that same spoon of sauce the entire conversation. Uh, <laughs> so it's the same spoon though. She doesn't continue to double dip down Correct. into it. Oh, okay, but it's like you know how deep is the well on that spoon? Where she just keeps <laughs> sipping off of it for you know the next six minutes or whatever. Yeah, it's such a rich, rich sauce that you can only take just a tiny dab yes. of it. <laughs> Well, I guess that would make more sense than if it's 14 hours, whether it be to prep it or to digest it, um, you need to go take it slow. So. Maybe it's a combination thereof. Yeah, it could be. So. But uh, apparently she had made this particular sauce since a uh, relative. Oh, okay. <laughs> relative. Oh, yeah. The they got married. got married. Yeah, it looked the, like Tony Bennett, mm-hmm. but it was a girl, right? Yeah, Benicio or something uh, was the dad's name. I can't remember, but I, I unfortunately forgot my notes. Well, I episode. forgot how to talk, so... Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> so I guess we're on equal footing then. Like the record reflect that Ski's notes are typed up. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot my notes, and Ski's has, are now typed up and annotated. <laughs> Peer-reviewed. <laughs> right, yeah, so I've had a few people check it out. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, keeps tapping his finger on the paper, but the hyperlink's not working. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, what's wrong with this thing? It's like, if Iron Man can do it, then why can't I? 
spread my fingers, but it won't get bigger. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> so, little, uh, little, I can't even talk Double entendre? That. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then Rose enters and says, uh, oh, Sophia, that smells heavenly. Is it Chef Boyardee? <laughs> and then Sophia hands her, like, like actually, he's going to hand her a knife and says, you know, stick in my heart, Rose. It'll be, it'll hurt less. Uh, and then Blanche enters, and she's extremely excited. So this is all, all the girls are in the kitchen at this point, And she's uh, wanting to show off a new bowling ball. She's talking about how her and Rose are going to be uh, competing in a uh, bowling tournament coming up. Um, Blanche seems very excited, but Rose seems less enthused at this stage. Yeah, yeah, she definitely doesn't seem doesn't seem excited about the competition. Which, at least initially, I took that to mean like, oh, maybe Blanche is either kind of a you know an ass during it or or something yeah or maybe it's just that she's so consumed with the uh you know the male competitors that it prevents (laughs) her from being um you know being present um but yeah but we learn a little more about that as the episode goes on and so then uh dorothy says you know she would like to be in the tournament too uh, and that she used to be a pretty decent bowler and sophia kind of interrupts and says, decent bowler, you were a fabulous bowler. Says she had a 180 average, which is pretty decent. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Definitely better than any other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 180 would be right around my top score. I mean, I think I've, you know, brushed 200 maybe one time, but probably my average would be in like the 150 range, if not lower. Um, and that was back in the day when I bowled consistently. <laughs> now it would probably be closer to the 120s at best. Yeah, I also bowl three digits. Three digits? <laughs> <Very> <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> Solid, respectable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, she adds that, you know, she, of course, is still better at Dorothy than at everything. Right, yeah. Uh, and then uh, tasting the sauce, Sophia kind of exclaims, if this sauce was a person, I'd get naked and make love to it. So mm-hmm. it must be, you know, it's 14-hour sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you think that at Sophia's age, you'd want a 14-hour man? I mean, that's uh... a... <laughs> I don't know if even a younger woman would you gotta, want. You got to warm up that long. Oh, okay. There's recovery time. Oh, does it yeah. just take that much to grease the wheels? You you bend this way, I'll bend this way. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of setup time involved. No, I'm, it's understandable. I'm a lot of creaky uh, <laughs> bones and whatnot. So. Sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brent is Brent is laid with a lot of elderly ladies in his day. So, but never for fourteen hours. No, maybe fourteen hours combined, but that's over hundreds of encounters. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Go ahead. So at this point, uh, Dorothy kind of suggests that her and Sophia join the uh, tournament as well, and Sophia says that she can't, and uh, explains. Or pulls out a telegram actually out of her pocket and uh, shows her that uh, she'd be meeting up with a gentleman from Sicily that she used to know, an old friend, and turned out to be a fiance. Why do you think he telegrammed her instead of just sending a fax? Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe uh, sending something over that she could be beeped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought it was odd. I mean, granted, you know, I, I don't know every secret of my mom's, but mm-hmm. I, and I'm relatively close to my mom. I, I would think, though, that Dorothy's extremely close to uh, Sophia. Mm-hmm. It seems shocking that she wouldn't know that her mom had another engagement prior to her dad. Why did they even say that? And they're like, I didn't know that. Why would you ever tell me? Yeah, yeah, that seems like a big piece of information to not, <laughs> not pass on. But 
So at this point, uh, Blanche seems impressed that Sophia had a pass. And then Sophia says, yeah, but uh, unlike you, I didn't need penicillin to get through my... <laughs> yeah, that, that was my favorite line of the episode. Um, that was uh, I thought there was several good lines in the episode with that one. There um, were definitely some zingers, mm-hmm. more than usual, maybe. Yeah, that was a really solid one. And then uh, she talks about the, the gentleman that she's talking about, the, the ex-fiancé, Augustine. He went off to fight in uh, the war. I don't really say what war, but I'm guessing... World War One. Yeah, probably the big one. <laughs> uh, and Sophia never heard from her again until just recently. Maybe World War Two. You think so? Yeah. yeah, I guess with their age. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But then, uh, so that, that kind of wraps with that scene. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if Italy participated in World War One even. Hmm. What side? <laughs> yeah, which which one was Mussolini? What was he part of? I mean, he was... A, yeah, I think he was pro Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's what Axis. I was thinking. I mean, I thought that was part of the Axis. So, <laughs> so which side was uh, Augustine fighting on? Yeah. <laughs> we never really, really discussed that. that. He may be a sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, is Sicily a uh, at all sovereign? I mean, does it have any separate uh, you know rulership from? I think just got a president. Oh, okay. So it's its own separate nation, then? Yeah, it's not part of, like, the European Union or anything. Okay. Well, so then, I mean, I, I, Sicily could have been against, uh, against even if Italy was for, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, from what I know about Italians, I mean, none of them look like they, you know, blended with the Aryan race. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> they to fight for the Kaiser. <laughs> I don't know. In my experience, not a lot of Germans fit into the Aryan race, either. I feel like it's really more of a dark-haired... Well, yeah, I mean, neither do the dirty Japanese, but they still have to fight with the Kaiser. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how much of our ignorance we're showing on this. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> For anybody who's listening to those half a <laughs> shit about World War <laughs> I'd like the record to reflect that I said dirty Japanese as an homage to Pink Floyd. Oh, okay. Because I'm a hate monger. Oh. I mean, those are mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've never heard you be hateful towards uh, towards the Japanese. Yeah. I guess technically the song calls on the wily Japanese. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, it does sound then yeah. like that's no longer an homage and more yeah. just a racial slur. Well, technically they were speaking of like one specific Japanese person. Oh, okay. So maybe it's not just racist, it's just anti-Yoko Ono. Yeah. Well, I, I stand by then that your defense of your comment has uh, fallen completely apart. <laughs> You constructed the song to the point now to where you are now a racist, and they were the ones not being racist in there. And the groundwork for plausible denial. Right. Yeah, that's all you need in this country anymore. That's right. This day and age. Wild theories and plausible deniability. That's uh, even plausible, isn't that? You can still run for office. It's no problem. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the scene ends with uh, Sophia kind of shooing Blanche away. She's dipping bread in the in the special sauce. Yeah, she was taking a hearty uh, hearty dip off of that fourteen-hour sauce. Eating like quite a bit of the conversation, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, which I would have uh, irritated me too if I had spent fourteen hours working on a sauce. <laughs> yeah, was it like a giant stock pot full of sauce? Well, it looked like that they had to dip fairly deep into it. It wasn't <laughs> brimming with sauce. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, See, so yeah, I mean, I felt like if you're going to spend 14 hours, you really want to have enough to go around for, mm-hmm. you know, for a long period of time. They don't look like hard eaters, but at no point did she mention that they're bringing anyone else over either. Well, yeah, maybe Augustine's a real big eater. Yeah, it could be, but he's not a real big man. So, 
All right. So it seems odd to spend fourteen hours on a sauce that you can buy for ninety eight cents. Like, is it really that, that <laughs> much better? Uh, you know, I think everything's relative. Um, yeah. I, to me, I can't imagine there's anything that that would take me fourteen hours to make that I would feel like was worth mm-hmm. the uh, worth the time. Now, yeah. I, there, I think there are other people who are maybe take more pride in there in that particular skill, so mm-hmm. they feel like even if it's ten percent better, it's yeah. worth the fourteen hours, but. Yeah. For me, even if it was 150% better, I don't think it'd be worth the 14 hours. I mean, I can sort of get it if it's like, you know, like a holiday meal and all the family's coming in, but it's just because it's fucking Tuesday. <laughs> it <just seems> like <laughs> a- well, I thought she was preparing it in anticipation of Augustine coming, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would think she was planning to serve it to him when really? he gets there. Okay. So, I don't know. If he had a long lost love and he thought that this might be a way to you know, woo him back some. <laughs> Rekindle? Yeah. So anyway, second scene opens in the living room. Uh, Dorothy is on the couch, and Sophia enters. She's kind of dressed in this all-black ensemble. Uh, looks like she's a grieving widow. <laughs> Rose comes in and kind of consoles her. Oh, you must have lost your friend. Yeah, it was nice for Rose to finish her shift at McDonald's and uh, come in, too. <laughs> I, that was the most clownish shirt that I feel like I've seen Rose wear so far, and that's saying a lot for that 80s style that they were rocking. Yeah, yeah. She's generally the best dressed that looks like. Yeah, but I mean, I think it was literally like red and yellow and uh, some <laughs> other color. It very much looked like an old-fashioned uh, McDonald's uniform to me. So, Speaking of uh, you know racial s- statements and such, she does say, Oh, wow, you certainly look... Black, <laughs> of course, it was referring to the outfit, but yeah, we can take it the other way. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of undertones there that someone of your nature would find. <laughs> I like how Alan's dissing himself, <laughs> even though we're in his house. <laughs> I mean, you may be in my house, but you keep your friends close and your enemies closer, and you guys are That's... pretty close uh, across the table from me. <laughs> she walks in the kitchen, and Dorothy's... Uh... And this is Rose? Yes, sorry, sorry. Yes. Dorothy uh, says that she's all set for the tournament, and then the doorbell rings, and it's Augustine. Hmm. Sophia kind of gets up, and uh, she said something about, uh, I can't be sitting, and he'll think I have arthritis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she and Dorothy kind of greet him, and uh, Dorothy kind of says to her mom, says, you know, I'll be right in the kitchen if you need me, in case he tries to get fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's neither of them seem to be the least bit amused by the comment. And then uh, they sit down and kind of talk for a few, and then they decide to go for a walk. I definitely admire the fact that at their ages that going for a walk is something they would choose to do. I mean, I'm 40, and going for a walk would definitely be very low on my (laughs) list of activities that I would want to do. I can think of plenty of active pursuits, I suppose, but uh, but going for a walk is not one that that appeals to me. Um, It's been a while since I researched this episode, but... The you know young man who played Augustine mm. like is something crazy like within like the last fifteen years or maybe even twenty years of his career like he was he was credited as old man like, <laughs> nine times except for once he was like elderly juror or something <laughs> like he definitely found a niche yeah he was like. Old fisherman, old man, <laughs> I'd like to think that they were looking for um, an old man to fill a role, and they would, you know, specifically ask for. It was like, we need an elderly juror. Is the actor who played Augustine exactly. from Golden Girls available? Give me the call sheet for Golden Girls. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we kind of, you know, now we parlay. They go for their little walk. 
we joined Rose and Dorothy in the uh, kitchen, and uh, Rose is kind of like brimming. She's excited. They said, "Oh, that's so sweet." You know, I think they're going for a walk. Dorothy says, "Well, leave them alone. Get away from the door." Oh yeah, she's she's excited that someone looked up his lost love after so many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like I said, kind of talking about how she thinks it's very sweet. And uh, she uh, she makes a comment. I wonder why Italian men are so romantic. And Dorothy's like, "It's the tight pants, Rose." Mm-hmm. I don't feel like tight pants would make me more romantic. I think, if anything, it would make me less romantic. I'm sure if you look at the testosterone and sperm count, it would probably have something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I think it would push it down, if anything. Um, I definitely don't think that it would uh, increase your virility. So. <laughs> Maybe the ladies wear the tight pants, and that's what gets them in or uh, well, I suppose. Um, I don't remember if she specified who was wearing the tight pants. Um, I don't think she did. So uh, That's a good... Uh, good but at the same time, I don't remember, uh, remember Sophia wearing tight pants when Augustine <laughs> showed up. So. Playing devil's advocate. <laughs> Uh, then Blanche storms in the kitchen saying that she is stunned, just stunned, so very stunned. And uh, Blanche... You need a Foley artist in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open that closet and have all the pots and pans fall down. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, Sorry. <laughs> no, all of a sudden the floor's coming down. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I think we'd only have like five sounds like, oh, there's thunder, and then we'd shake our metal pan. <laughs> I mean, we don't exactly have, you know, like, uh, what's his name? Winslow, um, the uh, police academy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was his first name? It's not Carl. That was I mean, Kevin Winslow's name's coming to mind, but I think that's an athlete's name. Um, what? Carl Winslow? No, it's family matters. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but that guy. <laughs> Everybody knows who we're talking about. Aside from all that, though, would you watch Ski's one-man production, The Competition? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I watch Ski's one-man production of just about any show. <laughs> and it would be, uh, all the sets would be finely crafted cardboard yeah. um, that you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference between it and actual furniture and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I have no doubt. It would take it would me be, 14 hours to make. It's yeah. handcrafted. Yes, each each piece of furniture. I could buy it, but it's <laughs> right. worth more to me to make. Because mm-hmm. your time is so <laughs> is worth so little to you. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, right, so go ahead. So, yeah, so door, or, uh, at this point, Blanche has come in. Stunned, stunned. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's Michael Winslow. Yeah, I knew the Winslow was right. <laughs> she's very, you know, kind of <laughs> flabbergasted. We'll say, mm-hmm. but she used the word stunned many times. And apparently, she saw the uh, the sign up sheet that her and Rose were uh, initially signed up for the uh, bowling tournament. And Rose has now removed Blanche's name and signed Dorothy up in her place uh, for them to be the pair. And then uh, she kind of uh, admits, Rose admits that it was her that removed Blanche's name. Dorothy's obviously very upset. But then she kind of uh, relates to them that she's very competitive in athletics. Mm-hmm. I think she even uh, talks about uh, uh, an event in high school where she had to transfer schools. Yeah, because of a lacrosse or something of that nature? Field hockey. Field I think hockey, it was. okay. Yeah, more or less. Uh, but then Dorothy says she doesn't want to be her partner because it was a bad thing. She like a horrible thing she did to dump Blanche. And Blanche says, no, go ahead. You know, I, I want to beat you guys now. <laughs> and uh, she apparently uh, signed up to uh, 
play with Alga Nielsen? Is that how? Yeah, I could never. I couldn't quite understand. There's a couple times I didn't know if it was Olga or Olga. Okay, but yeah, something along those lines. And that that, that actually brings up a point I hadn't mentioned earlier. Apparently, there's this Nielsen twins are like the bowling experts. Apparently, Mm -hmm. they're they're unbeatable, which actually bring up early on in the episode, even earlier than this. But uh, they they actually play a pretty prominent part in the show for people who never show up. Right, yeah. <laughs> My guess is they're probably going to win Brent's MVP by the end of this, even though they never make an on-screen appearance. Or perhaps the man that died <laughs> that, uh, that we'll learn about later that caused their, their riff initially and then their riff to dissipate, um, ultimately. He, he does bring us all together, Alan. That's true. That's Good true. old Lars. My MVP does go to somebody who does not make an on-screen appearance. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll have to wait with bated breath till the end of the uh, episode to find out who that is. Very excited now. Mm. So she says, "Go ahead. You know, I found a partner. Uh, you guys, you know, do it so I so I can beat you." Apparently, uh, Sophia was. Oh, Sonia, the other sister, was apparently sleeping with Alga's or Olga's boyfriend Lars. Mm. That we were discussing. Uh, and apparently they are superstar sister twins, and I think they even go on to say that uh, Alga was sleeping with Sophia or Sonia's boyfriend Lars, and not saying that it was the different sister. And he didn't tell the difference, right? Right. I didn't realize that Miami had such a strong Scandinavian population. <laughs> yeah, because apparently not only are these two ladies, you know, of what it sounds to be Scandinavian descent, oh, Sonia. but Lars is also a very Scandinavian <laughs> name. So, um, I guess Miami's quite the melting pot. Rose is very unhappy to hear this news because she knows how good uh, Olga is. And uh, Dorothy reminds Rose that she doesn't want to be on her team. And then uh, Rose kind of pleads with her, you know, you've got to be on my team. Please, please, please. And she kind of begs her. And uh, she says, this way no one will get hurt. Everybody gets what they want unless we lose. Right. <laughs> kind of like clutching her shoulders. Yeah, I did like the foreboding nature of the way that she said that. She does have uh, some good uh, looks, like like facial expressions in this episode, which is like, very uncharacteristic of Rose. Yeah, definitely. Like, like angry and like mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if her competitive sports streak comes back in <laughs> later episodes. Um, I don't remember it, but uh, but I'm looking forward to finding out if we see more of the intense competitive Rose. That's right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If they make it through 180 some episodes without ever having those ladies involved in some sort of a bake off against each other, <laughs> they missed a few opportunities. Yeah, but she she specifically says it's athletic competition that she is uh, intense about. So I think a baking competition she would be, you know, less mm-hmm. you know less apt to be really uh, yeah. hardcore. Didn't ever have to change schools for that one, right? Right, but I mean, this, no there's certainly like tennis or um, other Miami type sports, golf perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of a lot of she does. They do talk about her going uh, golfing prior. Oh yeah, yeah. She had golf club or gloves or something. Right. So, so and then the next scene. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun style. Yeah, I was about to give a wolf whistle there, but I'm afraid that it would uh, blow out the eardrums of anybody who might be listening. So. When we're done recording, I have a wolf whistle story for you. Oh, okay. I'll definitely be looking forward to it. It's not something Why appropriate wait? for no. the. For the listening audience? Or saving it for the Patreon listeners? Oh, well, I would say that the odds of anyone ever paying to hear this are so <laughs> slim that you may as well give the, uh, you know, give it to them for free. Nah, it's fine. Okay. 
Well, anyway, <laughs> we open up with the next scene. We're out on the lanai, and Dorothy is uh, potting some plants. Uh, Sophia comes in. Uh, she had just been hanging out with Augustine again. And, uh, you know, Dorothy kind of says, you've been spending a lot of time with him. You guys having a good time? And she uh, talks about how he's a gentleman when they go out. And every time uh, she leaves the table, he tries to stand up. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming uh, unsuccessfully there. Uh, Sophia tells Dorothy that Augustine has then invited her also to uh, join him back in Sicily for, I forget, the San Junipero yeah, Festival. Yeah. Is that right? Uh-huh, I believe so. I remember that because I, I love that's one of my favorite episodes from uh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Yeah. That's the first one I saw. Yeah, I believe that's the one that won the, uh, the Emmy when, uh, I don't know, it's probably been about three years ago now. Do you know what the San Junipero Festival is by any chance? I do not. Oh, okay. I have heard that episode of Black Mirror. Oh. I've not seen it. No, it's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid episode of Black Mirror. I'd recommend it to anybody. But uh, the girl from the new Terminator movie is in it. Oh, is she? Lynn Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the young Terminator girl. Oh, okay. Uh, what's her name? I don't know. So, I've actually seen the new Terminator. of information today. <laughs> <laughs> I do know about the Terminator movies. <laughs> Is this. When I was a lad, it would take an entire movie to kill a single Terminator. Mm. Now, you can kill five, six Terminators before the opening credits. It's called evolution. <laughs> so, it's only really the truth the most recent one. Oh, okay. And I didn't see the one before that. Oh. <laughs> before that, I distinctly remember a couple of them dying. <laughs> so if you're curious, Brent's going to be starting a Terminator podcast <laughs> to go over his extensive knowledge of some parts of the series. <laughs> <laughs> Look for that soon. It's going to be called Stay Golden Arnold. <laughs> so. It'll be great. Yeah, exactly. And he will be impersonating <laughs> oh, Arnold right. Schwarzenegger throughout oh. the entire series. <laughs> that's all I got. Right. He can just have that as a sign-off. <laughs> It'll be a bi-weekly podcast. <laughs> our off weeks will be our furlong furloughs. <laughs> Now, now this bi-weekly podcast, <laughs> are you going to be dissecting each one? Like, will it take six six episodes to get through one movie? Or is it just going to be a five-episode series that takes ten weeks to, or eight weeks to listen to? Um, I think it'd just be uh, scene by scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it'll take like an entire year to get through each movie, so it's like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Do you think you'll, like, we're questioning if we'll get through this podcast before... Um, you know, before Betty White passes on, mm-hmm. do you think you'll get through that podcast before Arnold, uh, you know, meets his end? <laughs> um, probably not. It's sad. Yeah. How old is he now? He's, he's in his seventies, early seventies, but he, you know, he's in good shape. So, yeah. yeah, he has had a heart attack. He's got that Austrian blood in him, so I'm sure he'll be fine. That's <laughs> the cure with you, <laughs> as it should. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get us banned from the YouTube with your hate speech. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one who was talking about the Japanese, which are a, an ally of the United States and have been for, well, since that war. <laughs> <laughs> for a while now. <laughs> and look, that's all it took was blowing them up. Yeah, so is that the. Is that that's the how team? you make good friends. Mm-hmm. Just destroy their. Uh, Lead by fear, Alan. That's, mm-hmm. that's the way it really works. Fair enough. 
Uh, so again, our ignorance uh, runs <laughs> over. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of World War II speak here. Yeah, for people who are really not at all knowledgeable of World War II. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I think my knowledge of World War II is uh, is probably the most limited at the table, but that's not saying much, I don't think. <laughs> So, all right, so so where are we at at this point? Uh, uh, Sophia wants to go to uh, Sicily for the for the festival. Right. Uh, Dorothy actually says no, absolutely not. You know, she even says I forbid it, which she knows is kind of BS. Right. It brings up her stroke again yep. as part of the reason. Yeah, I was, I was surprised to hear that they brought the stroke up, and mm-hmm. she's not an old a uh, young woman anymore. She's not the way she used to be. And she would feel horrible if something bad happened to her. I mean, that's fair enough. But something bad could happen to her in Miami as well. I mean, it's a, a plane ride and then a, a civilized country. <laughs> you know, she, she's not going somewhere where it's like, oh, I'm going to send you to the deepest heart of the Sahara Desert. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's probably war torn Somalia. <laughs> right. To fly from Miami to New York is probably what a seven hour flight, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And then maybe another twelve to get over to Italy. Well, yeah, and especially at that time, you know, it certainly wasn't uh, mm-hmm. nearly the amount of direct flights that we have now. Yeah. Now I'd imagine you probably get from Miami to Italy nonstop pretty easily, mm-hmm. but in 1985, probably not so much. Get your ride with the telegram, right? <laughs> yeah, perhaps it was a boat ride. <laughs> that, uh, well, yeah, she said the the ticket. She asked Dorothy to borrow the money for the ticket yeah. after you know she basically says Dorothy can't forbid her since yeah. you know, she's an adult. And it was twelve hundred dollars, which prices really haven't changed much in yeah. twenty some years. I mean, <laughs> the exact same thing. It's like that's a reasonable price for now, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it's not. You know, it'd be a little high for now, honestly. Um, but uh, it, it certainly wouldn't be something where you know, you'd think it was, uh, I definitely wouldn't think it was a great price, nor would I be floored by the cost. So, yeah. yeah, she does say 1200 for airfare specifically, I think. Yeah. So it's not like she's betting the entire trip will be 1200 bucks. Yeah. Apparently she's just planning to bunk up with Augustine while she's there. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, you know, worn it up. Alan. Might as well. What else does she have to live for? She had, well, you know, now that you say that she says, you know, at her age, she can't be too careful. Right. Because, you know, why, why live that way at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, as you mentioned, uh, she basically tells Dorothy she can't forbid her, and Dorothy relents. And then she's like, well, give me 1200 bucks for your hair. <laughs> right. That kind of uh, Dorothy says in, in Italian, I'm assuming, no. I, didn't, I, I don't speak Italian, so I don't know exactly what she said. But the, uh, the gist of it is no way, basically. Yeah. And then uh, she seems kind of shocked that she wouldn't uh, – just give her the money for, for something like that. Rose enters and says, denying her for what? And then uh, she's like, Springsteen tickets, Rose. <laughs> and she asks her, you know, please stay out of this. And then Sophia's kind of kissing up to Rose at this point, uh, saying that uh, she's dumped Blanche, and then now she's dumping Dorothy as well. And said, no, no, Ma, you know, she dumped uh, Blanche, not me. And she's like, nah, <laughs> I heard her on the phone. And apparently Rose is uh, now trying to hook up with the other uh, Nielsen sister, right? Right. Um, Dorothy's like, what? You know, she's very flabbergasted by this as well. And now she's done, you know, ditched two of her best friends right. for, for the chance to win. She kind of takes her by the shoulder and says, get professional help, Rose. But like, do we ever have a scene where like Dorothy does agree to be her partner? Yeah, I think she does. Um, In the kitchen, she yeah. kind of almost forced her to it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think because yeah, she 
she signed her up without her knowledge as her partner, and then I think begs her and Dorothy eventually, eventually accepts after Blanche that she won't, because that's when she says, "Well, Blanche will be, gotcha. you know, find another partner or whatever, and everybody will be fine." And uh, there we go. Uh, talks about she's uh, bunking up with the other Nielsen twin now for the tournament. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she's going to go with the other Nielsen twin. I'm whispering now. <laughs> yeah, your whispering isn't making it any better. But she she decides she's going to go with the other with that twin. But then she finds out Blanche walks in, and it's like, no, you're you're not because these two have gotten back together because the guy that you know was you know having relations with both of the sisters has died. Um, so apparently the Nielsen sisters are also, you know, I guess I shouldn't say apparently, but it would appear, you know, maybe whatever this league they're in is a, has a certain age, um, you know, minimum on it uh, if, if their love interest is dropping dead also. <laughs> and so they're back together. So then that causes, but Blanche won't be with her. Dorothy won't be with her. The two of them are together at this point. Right. Yeah. Blanche and Dorothy, you know, decide to, to be on the same team. And uh, Rose is like, well, then no one's with me. And then Sophia kind of juts in and says, no, no, I'll be on your team. Right, and then that's where the uh, the bet comes in yes. for the... Sophia kind of gives a side bet to, to Dorothy, saying, you know, how about this? You know, you think I can't uh, take care of myself? Uh, well, I'll show you by winning this tournament, which I don't really know that, that shows a whole lot, but I guess independence more or less. Yeah, I suppose so. Some, some level of athletic... You know, being able to get up and walk around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can bowl a decent game, I mean, I definitely think that shows that physically speaking, you're you know doing relatively well. Yeah. So, I mean, at least as, as far as what, what would assumably be like a seventy-year-old-plus woman, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say that, that's pretty impressive, actually. I mean, Dorothy's fifty-five, then you got to assume Sophia's at least seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, that's when when Dorothy gets into. Well, that I think you kind of skipped over a, a good line where um, Blanche talks about getting revenge, and Rose has something to the effect of, you know, that they're going to get back at. Uh, Blanche talks about getting revenge on uh, on Rose and how she'd gotten revenge on somebody else by sleeping with. Oh yes, that was actually a pretty good one. Yeah, with their boyfriend and Dorothy says, you know, she's fifty five and. Uh, Rose has six brothers, so, um, so that would be yeah. That was it. That Blanche had had slept with somebody else's brother to get it's back. Revenge, with them. yeah. yeah. Uh, now that brings up again the wonky math with some of the because uh, <laughs> Dorothy and and Stan were married thirty eight years, correct? Yeah, yeah. And they've been divorced for five years, yeah. eight years, something like that. So if she's fifty five now. And that'd be 43 years of her life that mm-hmm. we've account- accounted for there. So yeah. she was a 12-year-old child bride when her and Stan got together. <laughs> she was knocked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they live in the, the Appalachians. Line, I mean, I thought it was a New York <laughs> family, but uh, <laughs> uh, not to offend our Appalachian listeners. <laughs> we already offended her by not talking slowly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, we pretty much shit on anybody who might be a listener at this point, <laughs> merely with the content <laughs> or the of our content, uh, much less the actual, uh, you know, the actual words that we've said. Anyway, there's a reason why when you post these, it's not going to be on a verified account, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that I, my Twitter will not be blowing up. <laughs> 
I don't know. I think after this particular episode, you, like listenership will just skyrocket. Yeah, from one to two. <laughs> perhaps. Yes, maybe because three. one of you two assholes will download it instead of just me being <laughs> the only one. Are these things live? No, not no. Okay. <laughs> no. Boy, that would be a real clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah, trust me. What what the what the listening public hears as bad and amateurish as it may be is still certainly better than the untouched uh, product that that I deal with beforehand. People don't realize this, you know, 45 minute to an hour podcast is actually seven hours worth of recorded material that I have to edit down. To, uh, to, we have a lot of side conversations. <laughs> right. No, it's just your details. I have to cut out your detailed notes. You have a, a Bible for each episode <laughs> that you go through. <laughs> 12 hours of recording, 14 hours of editing, just to polish that turd into something. <laughs> right, I mean, I've made Sophia's uh, sauce over here while he has been giving us his recaps. <laughs> now, unfortunately, your recaps have actually become less thorough, uh, I think, since episode one. Do you need to get back to deal? I don't necessarily know that either one is good. (laughs) Much less one better than the other. So perhaps for brevity's sake. On the bright side, I've lost track more of this episode than I had before. That's true. That's true. Your notes. That's that's getting worse. Yeah, I think that you may want to go back to the handwritten notes because your typed ones don't seem to be uh, keeping you on track as well. I agree. I like the handwritten notes. And I also like more references to Mr. Coco. (laughs) More Coco notes? Yeah. Just Mr. Coco. Mr. Coco. Rest in peace. <laughs> MVP of the episode. I will not allow. <laughs> It'll just be a no vote if that's what it comes down to. Would you allow me to vote for Lars? It, I, it, it has to be someone who's the least mentioned. I mean, you know, I think it's, you know, again, it's the same as ski voting for a third party. It's throwing your vote away, but uh, but I'll allow it at least if the party's in the race. Uh, whereas if the party's not at all mentioned in the episode, then no, I don't think uh, I'm not going to allow your write-in ballot uh, for someone who isn't running for Stay uh, office. Marshmallow Man. Right. Yeah. So much for this episode's MVP award going to Tippo Grandin. <laughs> I have to wonder. I don't think there's even any animals. There's nothing far reference. I don't know where Temple Grandin, you know, contributed to this episode. And, and the look on Ski's face is yeah, quite no obvious. He has no idea who Temple Grandin is. She's the. <laughs> Best part of any Oscars, or not Oscars, but uh, Emmys that is. Or award show in general. Yeah, yeah, the finest. Uh, uh, we'll explain to you who Temple Grandin is after, after the podcast. About a I look forward to that. Month period, every single award show she was at. Yeah, they, there was a, just to give you a brief, she was, I believe she had uh, autism. Correct. Um, and she was very good with animals. Um, I, I don't know her story. I didn't see the movie, but I know that Claire Danes played her. Apparently, it was a very good, like, HBO movie of some sort and uh, won a ton of awards. And Temple was in the audience for all the award shows and uh, had a a dashing cowboy outfit on um, for (laughs) most of it and would stand up and wave to the audience each time that uh, would be announced. Is this a her? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's correct, yeah. Good for Temple. Yeah, apparently she did some good things. I don't know what those good things are, but I enjoyed her uh, her at the at the acceptance speeches. So, <laughs> so we open with the with the next scene. Uh, 
um, Blanche is actually sleeping on the table. Dorothy comes in and tries to get her up, kind of shakes her shoulders, says, come on, we got to go, we got to practice. Uh, Blanche won't be moved. She's, she's still, you know, snoozing away. And she kind of leans down and whispers into her ear, hey, Blanche, wake up. My wife will be home any minute. And then Blanche pops right up. She starts, like, you know, running around, grabbing, looking for shoes and stuff. And she realizes, you know, where she is and what's going on. So, well, that was terrible of you. Why would you do that? Yeah, there are times when they paint Blanche as being promiscuous. And there are times when they paint her as just being a complete Jezebel. <laughs> where, you know, if she is so accustomed to the whisper of a married man telling her <laughs> that his wife's home, that's a whole different, like, you know, I'm totally down with uh, her having as much fun as she wants with as many, you know, suitors as she would like. But I definitely think it... Uh, I don't know. Definitely hurts Disparages her. her character somewhat. Yeah, yeah, really. It definitely takes her down a few notches in the character department if <laughs> you know she's that well versed in how to you know flee when a wife comes home. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and you think that uh, people at a little bit older in age, they probably been together a long time. Yeah, so that's breaking up a good long marriage. Yeah, it could be. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there are plenty of other references to married men and whatnot throughout the series, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to enjoy them all. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, it's odd that, I mean, just a moment ago, you know, Dorothy was basically insinuating that, you know, she's 55. There's no way she could have, you know, make love to six more men. Right. But I'm sure over the next 170-some episodes, she'll have <laughs> more than six suitors. Yeah. You mean Dorothy will have more than six suitors? Correct. Well, I would assume so, too, but those that would be over seven years um, yeah. versus... I would assume that to get revenge, it needs to all happen relatively <laughs> swiftly. <laughs> you have to make the plane trip to St. Olaf and then, you know, have a very busy weekend, um, which... Why not just one event? Yeah. You know, the brothers, they all know each other. <laughs> you know, yeah, I suppose, you know, a big, you know, St. Olaf gangbang would be in order. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, I'd like to th think Dorothy's more of a conservative lady one, than one that. One at a time, maybe two tops. Yeah, yeah, something like that, so... Good for her. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you know, whichever way she wants to go is fine by me. So. But doing hands like that from just twisting pickle jars. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's a sturdy woman, so I imagine that uh, <laughs> yeah, she can handle a fellow two at a time. Well, uh, anyway, Blanche, <laughs> Blanche and Dorothy walk into the uh, living room. They're kind of sneaking slowly. They're walking towards the door. Uh, they say something along the lines of, you know, be quiet so that we don't wake them up so they don't know we're going to get more practice because they've been practicing after work, before work, the last several days. And then the door opens, and uh, Sophia and Rose come in, having finished practice. So this is a 24-hour bowling alley? Yeah, apparently yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Which, I don't know, yeah, bowling alleys may have... Yeah, was like 6 a.m. at this point, right? <laughs> right, and they're coming back, which would mean they would have had to been at the bowling alley around 4 a.m., um, <laughs> To have gotten in their game and then made it back to the mm -hmm. to the house, you know, in time to because you figure they wouldn't have even seen them when they were up getting ready either. Yeah. So, side note, there used to be I'm not sure there's still still maybe in existence a 24 hour bowling alley not too long too far from here. And when I worked on nights mm -hmm. uh, for a while, we actually had six hour Fridays because we were way low in our orders, mm -hmm. and so me and my friends would go there mm -hmm. and play it like. 3 a.m. <laughs> like you were lowering your orders and business wasn't doing good? Say what? So business wasn't doing good? No, at the time, that was the only time that uh, the place I work now mm -hmm. actually ever had layoffs. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Good story. Good story, yes. <laughs> yes. But, you know, just to say, 24-hour yes. places do exist. Well, and I would imagine that in the 80s it would be maybe even be more prevalent, just because bowling was a pretty, I don't know, major uh, activity back then. <laughs> I think bowling was more popular in the 80s than it is now, is what I'm trying to say. Really? Yeah. I can see that. I guess people are like, let's get coked up and throw a 20 pound ball. I don't know. There just wasn't as much, you know, video technology. There wasn't as much TV and things yeah. of that nature. So I, I think there was, you know, bowling was more of a teen thing to do than mm-hmm. I think it is now. Now, granted, I don't know that. I feel like bowling leagues and whatnot used to be a bigger thing than they are yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm with you for the most part, except for the whole teens bowling thing. So you think teen bowling now is bigger than it was in the '80s? Yes, because of fucking cosmic bowling and exactly. that crap. Oh, exactly, <laughs> cosmic bowling. But yeah, because I don't think '80s, '70s. I think you'd probably have to go back to the '50s for bowling to be popular amongst these. Mm. Now, talking about old women in bowling, my wife's uh, grandma was oh, a big okay. bowler. She, like, was, like, she would go on, like, tournaments and, like, travel out of state and stuff even. Wow. Yeah. It was actually one of the uh, big memories my wife had of her grandma. It wasn't necessarily all positive. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, her grandma would, like, berate her when she didn't do well. Wow. So she was not only competitive, but also critical. <laughs> she was she was very rose-like in this respect. <laughs> but apparently she was pretty good, probably better than I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, if she went to tournaments out of state and you're less than average, oh, well I would below, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would hope she was better than you otherwise. <laughs> you know, she would really waste her golden yeah. years. Yeah. So. But uh, so they're kind of sneaking out to the door. Then uh, you know, Rose and Sophia come in. And this is actually the part of the episode where they make the side bet. Oh, okay. Where uh, Sophia says, "You know, hey, you know, we're just getting in." And Dorothy kind of scoffs at him, saying, "You know, they're just getting their practice because they need it more," which is ironic because they're about to leave to go get more practice. All right. Well, it's also ironic that you know. Dorothy's upset. She's like, it'll be dangerous for my elderly mother to be alone in Italy, but the streets of Miami at four in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, everybody knows bowling alleys are the most wholesome of places to go at 4 a.m. as well. So well, Miami is protected by Miami Vice at this time of year. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. If Don Johnson can keep you safe, I don't know who can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's a good point, you know. Uh, so at this point, they, she uh, she bets her. She says, you know, hey, if we beat you guys, you, you give me a 1200 bucks for the uh, the trip. And then Dorothy says, well, if I win, I get your antique silver uh, earrings that you never let me borrow. Right. And then she <laughs> says, deal. You're such a stupid man. I mean, just, your mom's able to play the waiting game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it seems like those those earrings, I mean, I doubt they're going to Phil. Exactly. <laughs> so, although it sounds like Phil would enjoy them yeah, from what yeah. we've heard, but still, it doesn't seem like uh, Sophia's as woke as uh, what a mother of today's day and age may be. Considering Dorothy's not letting Sophia travel, she's going to die on her premises and possessions nine-tenths of the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, Rose asks Blanche if she wants to make a side bet. And she makes a comment that, well, I would, but everything you own is so ugly. And then, you know, comments that she can't wait to whip her butt. Yeah, I think she makes that, that use that phrase two or three times, times throughout the episode. episode. Yeah, very smug smile usually mm-hmm. to accompany it. And then uh, we uh, skip to a scene opening in the bowling alley next, which is one of the first scenes outside of the house again. Uh, I think the other ones, they were on the boat when Rose went, went away. 
uh, it's, uh, at some point. Basically, we get, like, for the remainder of the episode, there's, like, 12 different shots where they show, like, the other people in the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, two of them where Augustine is there. And then beyond that, there's, like, one shot with one dude with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that bowling alley is a lady. And, I mean, they definitely mentioned, like, there's a men's room where men apparently change clothes for some reason. Yeah. But, yeah I've never, never heard of having to get into your athletic gear for bowling. Um, yeah. That's some intense level of bowling. Yeah. But, yeah, it's 98% women at this bowling alley, which I thought was slightly humorous. Now, it could be, though, that this must be a, a women's bowling league. So, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like ladies night yeah exactly a ladies bowling tournament mm-hmm. gotcha that yeah. makes sense <laughs> so yeah it's a so yeah it would seem that being where Blanche you know her desired location would be even less mm-hmm. uh, you know less advantageous yeah. <laughs> during the women's bowling league so you was know. Lars not a bowler he um, was just a interloper uh, I apparently <laughs> I don't know it, it's a ladies league so I guess Lars wouldn't have been a bowler against them anyway uh-huh. and he's dead now so yeah. he wouldn't be there to support either of the sisters yeah I can't remember how he got introduced into the story. Right. Well, I, it was the, Lars was the one who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, how did they introduce him as Lars? Like, was she just like you know? And then the Nielsen system broke up because Lars. Yeah, I think it was just that she she was, gotcha. was just mentioned as the boyfriend of one who slept with the other. Gotcha. And I don't think it was really. I don't think he was really blamed either at any point because it was the other sister. They kind of just posed as... Yeah, yeah, it would definitely be the sister. It's his fault for not noticing the difference, I guess. Well, we didn't ever get to see the Nielsen sisters. We have no idea how identical the two of them were. That's true. In all fairness. If they were indeed identical at all. Yeah. It was the one sister who was claiming to be the other sister. Lars was just an innocent victim in this. Right, yeah. So really, a man didn't come between these sisters at all. I mean, it was really the the whorish sister who slept with her sister's boyfriend (laughs) that... You know, is one hundred percent to blame. Yeah. You know, for the Nielsen sisters yeah. breaking up. Lars is back in the running for MVP. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, again, at least Lars is mentioned, so I'll allow it. <laughs> His name enters the uh, the arena. All right. So, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Dorothy and Rose uh, they kind of enter and they uh, get settled in at, at good old lane number seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Dorothy and Rose actually. Uh, it's Dorothy and Blanche, sorry. They enter and Blanche talks about how you can see into the men's locker room. And then Dorothy is even like kind of momentarily struck when she kind of takes a gander as well. Mm-hmm. Which, as you mentioned, if it's a lot of women, it may have been the two guys that were in there at the time yeah. for whatever reason changing. Yeah, and again, who would change at a bowling alley? Maybe they were just taking a dump. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, she could just, just see in there. Where they didn't have stalled doors like back That's in right, our, my yeah. old high school where they had no stalled doors. Um, <laughs> or maybe was, you could see it in the mirror and they're like brushing up on their hair and oh, okay. mustache creams. Mm. A lot of Dapper Dan and whatnot. <laughs> I, I can see it that way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, then shortly after Rose and Sophia arrive, also at Lane 7, mm-hmm. uh, Dorothy and Blanche are surprised because the Nielsen twins were supposed to be playing with them at that lane as well. And then they get uh, explained, too, that the Nielsen twins are actually uh, attending Lars's uh, funeral. And they like, well, I thought that was yesterday. And they said, yes, but he wants a traditional Viking wedding. Or not wedding, sorry. <laughs> Viking funeral. And uh, every time they did the other day, uh, the Coast Guard kept trying to put out the fire because, you know, as it floats out into the water, they're supposed to set it on fire. Right, and then apparently 
they uh, just postpone it for an extra day to what yeah, explain I, to the Coast Guard? Like, hey, go. I wondered that myself. I think, is that, do they arrange for this now? Or are they just like, no, Coast Guard's off. Don't worry. Well, yeah, so assumingly now there's this half burnt corpse on a boat <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, is waiting until the next day to become the rest of the way burnt. <laughs> I wondered, did it just set, set the uh, thing on fire very momentarily, not enough for you know, his body to burn or... Yeah, I mean, or maybe they didn't put enough gasoline or whatnot, whatever fuel that they would accelerate to help that go <laughs> up. Um, yeah, because I just imagine, like, the Coast Guard, like, having a little, you know, hose and just spraying out the one arrow <laughs> with fire on it each time. Um, but, and do they send a fleet out? Yeah. Or is it just one boat that's like, no, 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 not going to happen. <laughs> and they try it again, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know if the Coast Guard, I, I mean... I'm sure the Coast Guard is uh, very responsive to actual emergencies, but I would have to think that one flaming boat on the water wouldn't <laughs> command the entire fleet <laughs> to where uh, they wouldn't I'd be like able to. I like to think that they're really bored and nothing's going on. It could that. be. I mean, 1985, Miami. Send five boats! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a raft out there! I mean, 85, are we past the Cold War at that point? Are we still in the midst of that? Uh, in the midst of the Cold War, um, but we're pre-Alien Gonzalez. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're not worried about anybody on RAF, but they are the time possibly worried about a submarine that may have exactly. nuclear weapons. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and that's probably why they needed to make sure to put out that fire, because mm -hmm. if a submarine came passing too close and its wick was sticking up, then <laughs> all Big of a sudden... Yep. So... Mm -hmm. All right, so they're they're bowling against each other now, the yes. two teams. Of course, that works out pretty right, well for it us. Right, it to be. Um, uh, Rose and Sophia started getting uh, <laughs> come the home viewing audience. Yes, right. yes. <laughs> well, who else is it going to work out for? <laughs> <laughs> it would be far less entertaining if we just found out at the end that <laughs> one team we got to watch Blanche and Dorothy go against the Lars, <laughs> the Nielsen sisters, then we just find out the score of Rose and. <laughs> I just like the 30 extras are in the background watching this match. It sounds like the whole community came out to watch. Yeah, well, it was definitely the social event of the season. <laughs> it is one of the first episodes where we got quite a bit of all the characters together. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very solid as far as the, the very evenly um, uh, distributed amongst the four main characters. And then, uh, so Rose and Sophia start getting kind of comfortable as they uh, settle down. They take off their jackets to reveal uh, shirts that are identical to Blanche's uh, bowling uniform, right. which she was so proud of. It feels like that would be something you'd have to have custom made. But clearly, because they have the names embroidered. Right. And, well, they must have somebody on, you know, retainer, <laughs> like a seamstress <laughs> just available for whenever they have a need. Needs one, unless it was something that she bought off the rack and just had the name added on. Maybe. There might have been the pro, shop, the, the pro oh, shop. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. But uh, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the show because uh, Rose kind of says, you know, it's no big deal to Blanche because Blanche is wanting her to take off the shirt. It's like, we look totally different. Uh, the shirt looks quite different for someone with a full bosom. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Blanche tells her to get her full bosom out of her face or her <laughs> yeah. bosom out of her face, yeah. yeah. I mean to make fun of Blanche's mastectomy. <laughs> Did they ever talk about Blanche uh, struggling with uh, breast cancer? <laughs> I've never seen her with the pink ribbon. <laughs> the pink shirt now. Yeah, that's the whole true. Shirt. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Susan G. Coleman was even around back in 1985. At least not making foundations just yet. Probably not. So. But uh, 
Dorothy reassures that, you know, they're just trying to resort to cheap twi tricks to get in their head, basically. And then as, almost as soon as she says that, um, Rose kind of says, uh, did you find a ball that fits for you, Ma? Right. <laughs> Dorothy kind of stops her tracks, turns around and says, what did you call her? And explains to Rose that the only one person that calls Sophia Ma is her. Now, do you think Phil's allowed to call her Ma? Or is that, does Phil have to call her mother or mom um, if, if Dorothy's the only one who's allowed to call her Ma? Maybe the only one in the group. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I thought it was like the entire world. Yeah, that's the way I kind of got the feeling, too. I bet Phil calls her mother. Yeah, probably. Or ma Mater, perhaps. Because <laughs> <laughs> we already know what side Augustine appears to be yeah. on. <laughs> so we don't know what side uh, Dorothy's father was on. So. <laughs> so he's known, calls her box up for me. And Blanche reminds her exactly what she just told her, that they're just trying to get her skin. And so Sophia then uh, takes the takes her bowling ball she kind of very slowly, you know, meanders up to the uh, the lane and kind of gently rolls it onto the ground. Mm. And then as it's, you know, slowly, you know, going down the lane, she turns around and says, you know, strike, mark it down. And Dorothy kind of retorts saying, it's not even got down there. Yeah, I don't think that uh, that would end. I, I just can't imagine a world where that would turn into a strike, <laughs> nor does it show Ma's physical prowess. <laughs> that, <laughs> I mean, it shows her skill, I suppose, that she can roll a ball at one mile an hour and still knock down all the pins. But um, I don't know, it doesn't make her seem like a virile you know, woman that, that it goes at that, that rate down the, <laughs> down the lane. And then uh, Dorothy gets up to uh, take her first uh, first uh, roll, and uh, again Rose calls Sophia Ma in the background, and she drops her ball and kind of bounces into the uh, pit area. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does that count as a, a roll in bowling? No, I don't believe unless it crosses the line. I don't think it counts as a roll. So I know one time when uh, we were bowling with friends in high school a very tall friend named lance who's i think six four and he's been six four since i don't know basically freshman year of high school and uh he was doing the fred flintstone type yeah. bowl where he swings his arm around and smacked the ball into the monitor was that uh, lance or jeff arvin no that was lance who did okay. that yeah because he was i don't I mean, jeff arvin was maybe a bit taller than us but not not nearly as tall as lance so we come from using last names uh, well, I mean, I guess if we're talking about Jeff Arvin, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. You wonder why it takes 14 hours to edit these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, I edit your last name into everyone. Since you refuse to listen to them, <laughs> then you'll never know. <laughs> so. Touche. Mm -hmm. Touche. Then we, uh, we, we skip to the very last frame, of course, as they often do in these types of shows. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a common trope amongst the genre. Yeah, shows do tend to end on the last frame. <laughs> that it tends to be how they go. <laughs> they start in the first, end in the last. Mm -hmm. Yes, and then everything in the middle just didn't happen. Right. Oh, uh, so you mean the last frame, last bowling frame? Yes. Oh, sorry, okay. sorry. No, no, that makes more sense. Just the, the basically the, the bulk of the game, they just skip over right. for time's sake. Yeah, I did think it was interesting that they had like some stock footage of balls rolling down the lane and whatnot <laughs> that were kind of interspersed throughout yeah. the bowling scene. I don't know. It just seems like has some ambiance on. I feel like that precious like six seconds of time of the ball rolling down <laughs> the lane could have been used for another zinger or two, but mm -hmm. maybe. 
Maybe they ran out of material. Yeah. Boeing related. They're like, well, what are we going to do? Came up short. <laughs> right. Well, with the clipper. Just <laughs> roll stock footage. Yep. So uh, at this point, Sophia and Rose, you know, all they need to win is to pick up a spare. And then so uh, Rose promptly does that. Yeah, well, that's all they need to take the lead. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sophia had checked on the scores, you know, from everyone else. And actually, one thing we didn't mention is uh, because they did all their kind of bickering and bantering back and forth at the beginning, they started a little bit later than everyone else. So it kind of made sense that the other scores would be ready at this stage. Mm -hmm. Was, was that established in the episode, or is this just spitballing? I no, mean, I think they, you're probably right. But they mention it. They say everybody else is already... Just talk a little closer to the mic so that uh, the listening audience <laughs> can hear you better. They both want to know what's going on. Fair enough. Um, so so did you say that that was established? No, yeah. They, it's one of the things they said. Come on, are we going to start already? Everybody else is already playing. Mm, gotcha. Some, something along those lines. Yeah. Well, and also at the rate that Sophia rolls that ball mm. down the lane, I'd have to think <laughs> it would take them an extra 15, 20 minutes to finish a game just just for that time. Even if she rolled 300, it's still right. going to take that long. And we don't know how many games. If it's a three-game set like a lot of them are, then you know, you're just compounding. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you're having a bowling tournament with – you know, women, or not just women, but people, you know, mid-50s and up, if that's the minimum <laughs> age, then I, I feel like maybe three sets would be a little much, maybe just a one and done. Maybe. At most, like, that's two out of three. Yeah. And I think they're also averaging the two scores is my guess, because... Mm -hmm. Or just a total of the two scores. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Some kind of amalgamation, Alan. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so, Rose picks up her spare... And then they start kind of celebrating between the two of them. And uh, Dorothy interjects says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys forget me and Blanche haven't rolled our last one yet. And uh, we're going to we're gonna win anyway. So um, at this point, Rose says, well, I forgot to tell you, Blanche really chokes when she's got the pressure on. Of course, then on cue, Blanche gets up to take the ball, uh, gets up to the lane, and she kind of freezes. And you can see that she's gotten all kinds of nerves going crazy. You would think this was a much bigger bigger situation. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like there'd be that much pressure to win the game because Blanche doesn't even have anything riding on it. I mean, at least yeah. Dorothy has a bet going. Blanche <laughs> is really just a pride thing. Um, well, that and the fact that she just wanted to look nice in her outfit. Right, yeah. She mentions that a couple times. That was her main main yeah. goal with bowling. Exactly. And we've seen, or we haven't yet, but we will see Blanche you know, up on the stage in, like, community theater and different things like that. Right, yeah. There's, a, I think, a time when her and Dorothy are going back and forth singing on pianos and whatnot. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I mean, there's – Blanche is no – She's not a wallflower. Yeah, she's not shy when it comes to performing in front of a crowd. So. <laughs> Maybe it's the athletics, though. It could Maybe be. like Rose gets uh, competitive and Blanche gets cold feet. It could be. It could be. Uh, Maybe. So, yeah, so so she, she um, totally blows the first one. Yes, just, like – I'm assuming just got her right. Right. And then uh, she gets up again, and then uh, Dorothy kind of says, she says, oh, I just can't do it. And uh, Dorothy goes up kind of to comfort her, says, you know what, you don't have to if you really don't want to. Just hold on to the ball, and I'll throw you down the lane. Right. <laughs> and so uh, Blanche takes the ball, and she actually gets two pins down. And she says, I did it. And she's like, you did what? You only got down two, bowl, two, two pins. 
It's a, it's a personal victory. You have to feel like, how terrible is this league they're in mm-hmm. that Blanche gets a two on the last frame? You know, a frame mm-hmm. you could theoretically get 30 yeah. points on, plus compounding onto, you know, mm-hmm. a prior frame. Yeah. And with that too, they're still completely in the running mm-hmm. for uh, for winning the the tournament. And Blanche is celebrating this too. Now, granted, <laughs> she may be celebrating getting some pins when she was nervous about it, but at the same time, if you were even a you know, I'd have to think Blanche is getting under a hundred on this game. Yeah. So how <laughs> how bad is this league they're in that it takes one good bowler? I mean, they'd have to average, but maybe like one twenty between the two of them. Uh, you know, if you're guessing that Dorothy hits her hundred eighty average that she had yeah. as a youth. So I don't know. It must be a pretty pretty garbage league that they're in. <laughs> well, then if, if Dorothy was really as good as they say. Then she could have easily dominated, you'd think. Right, yeah, Unless you would Sophia think so. was really that good, too. Yeah, yeah, I would think so, too. Well, it seems weird because, if again, if she's done this badly, which we don't know how well, you know, uh, Sophia or or Rose bowled. You know, we right. know they roll well enough that they could, uh, at the very least, be competing for the, for the championship. But they would have also had to be... I don't know. It, it feels like Rose being so excited about trying to win a championship... <laughs> Yeah, she would have had to have come in behind Dorothy in the actual score. Yeah. Um, well, then how how good were the Nielsen twins really? Yeah, yeah, they may not have really been that. They may have averaged like a one forty between them, and that We're was unstoppable. <laughs> right. All right. So yeah. So so Blanche gets her two pins down. Is, and is she happy. does make uh, one another good uh, good line? She's like, I just wanted to look good in my outfit, and then Rose pipes up and says, "We all look good in your outfit." Yeah, because <laughs> they're wearing the identical stuff. Then uh, Dorothy gets up, and uh, she needs to get a spare, and then they'll beat them, basically. Right. So she uh, she she rolls it. She thinks she's going to get a strike, but she doesn't. She leaves one up. It's the nine pin, and then uh, she's oh spare. I can get that one, no problem. At that point, Augustine, you know, shows up, and he's talking to Sophia in the background, and they're kind of like reminiscing again. And she he says, "Well, how are you doing? You must be really good because." You know, I know, you know, she says, how do you know how good I am at bowling? She's like, well, remember when we played bocce ball that one time? Right. And this must have been like 50 whatever years ago. So I don't know how direct a comparison bocce ball versus bowling is, but he is quite confident that she is an expert. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and they go on to talk about that that was the time that after playing bocce ball and whatnot, that that was when they each had their first kiss with each, each other. other yeah. And again, how did this never come <laughs> up in Dorothy's... I mean, she was not really She's have that close. definitely a storyteller, so how does this not happen, right? Yeah. I can, I sort of see how it happened because, like, Sophia totally forgot it. Because it takes a moment. She's like, oh, yeah, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I honestly don't know what my mom and dad's first kisses were. Yeah, but you know what yours was. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's fair enough. I guess, yeah, I guess I don't know my parents' first kisses either. But at the same time, like my, I don't feel like I'm as close to my parents as what. I mean, and again, I'm close, but I, I still feel like it seems like Dorothy and Sophia would be close enough. The fiance thing definitely. Like I, I, I know how many people my dad was married to, and I know how many people my mom was engaged to. So, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's justifiable. 
because it's one of those things that even if they did happen to tell you, it's just a random name that they probably mentioned one time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. I can I can agree that maybe Dorothy would not know or at least remember who yeah. the first kiss was that Sophia had. Still the. This the stroke thing is a little the strokes out. ruin it all. Right. <laughs> all she's got left is her wits. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least she has a razor sharp wit. So. <laughs> the stroke's going to come in handy when Augustine gets her to Italy. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, like we said, she has to be bunking up with them since she only needs money for the airfare. That's why he invited her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dorothy, of course, overhears this conversation in the back, and she's touched by the the, the sweet memories they're having. And so uh, she goes to take her uh, last ball, and then she throws a gutter. Mm. And, uh, of course, you know, Blanche gets all upset, and then... Rose basically jumps up and says, I won, I won, we won. Right. And then starts doing the whole point, you lost, you lost. So anyway, Dorothy kind of concedes saying, yep, you know, you've got it, you guys win. And then uh, Sophia says, so can I, do I get your money? She says, or she says something like, you have my blessing. And says, well, what about your money, <laughs> right? Do I get the money? And says, you have my blessing and my money to take the trip. Then we kind of clear that scene and we move on. And we're in the living room now. And it's after Sophia gets back from her trip. So uh, Sophia is giving you know, her little uh, feedback on the trip and telling about how fun it was and how it was really nice to uh, spend the time and get some really great memories with someone who can share it with them. Right. Or share it with her, rather. Uh, Sophia kind of gives, uh, and she says, I got these for you. She pulls out uh, a little box, and Dorothy opens it, and it's the silver antique earrings that she wanted. Mm-hmm. She's like, Ma, no, you know, you guys won. It's like, ah, oh, come on, the nine pin, you can get that every time. So she knows she kind of threw the game just for her to go on her trip. Right. Which really, she didn't have to do that. She could have just won and just give her the money. Right. <laughs> but, uh, of course, it's a show, so they got to make it extra dramatic. Right. Now, did Ma have to wait until she got back from the trip? Was she afraid? Because why wouldn't she just go ahead and give her? I mean, was there a plane waiting for her so that as soon <laughs> as that game was over, she well, had to rush to the airport? All he did, you know, come to the game and said, so are you going to be able to come? Yeah, apparently so, they were leaving pretty soon. Maybe that's... Maybe the bags were packed Yeah, per- anticipation. Yeah, perhaps the 1200 was high at the time because she needed it on super short notice. <laughs> the return trip would be included in that as well. Well, that's true, too, yeah. So they kind of share a, a somewhat tender moment, and then, uh, but Sophia cuts that short. Says, oh, I got to unpack. So she exits, and then uh, Rose comes in uh, with a, a box, and uh, she starts to talk, and Blanche says, you know, don't talk to me, and Dorothy says, don't talk to me, because they're still mad at her for, uh, you know, kind of the dirty place she had, and she dumped them both. Right. And she goes on to say, you know, well, you know, we all played really well during the tournament, and so uh, I think we all won. And then she takes out and she got the uh, trophy, you know, from the tournament engraved with all their names. She hands it to Dorothy and says, oh, how sweet. And then Dorothy says, can I ask you a question? Sure. Why is your name three times larger than ours? <laughs> and she goes and she says, you know, because I'm the one that actually won. Yeah. Which, again, is a little, uh, kind of has to be a little frustrating <laughs> because, <laughs> Because Dorothy easily could have won. And I feel like Rose would have known that Dorothy could have won. I feel like even Rose could have seen that the game had been thrown. But Didn't she specifically see she got the three names put on there? It's like Sophia's not represented on the trophy. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. That's right, yeah. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, and she was... Uh, Sophia was probably carrying that team. <laughs> yeah, and she was <laughs> part of the team that actually won. <laughs> 
I guess we... Uh, she got the trip to found, Sicily. That was her trophy. Right. Yeah, her trophy uh, husband, or at least boyfriend, for a couple weeks. All right. So, yeah. So, that concludes the episode. And uh, who would be your MVP for that particular episode, Ski? Well, actually, first off, was there... I told you, my, my particular favorite line was the one about Blanche Dean Penicillin for... Uh, <laughs> For her history. Now, did you have a particular line that stood out for you? I, I think mine was when uh, she, you know, Rose is talking to Blanche and says, Joe, our, our shirts look totally different. Basically, because I got boobs and you don't. Right. Yeah, fair enough. And, and yours, Brent, did you have anything that stood out? Yeah, nothing of note. Okay. And Ski, who would be your MVP for that episode? A Rose. Rose for her ultra competitiveness. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I think it had to be Sophia. I thought she was a. Uh, I, I liked the episode overall. I didn't feel like Wind Person really stood out particularly well, um, but it was just a well balanced episode. Um, but if I had to give one, I, I think I'd go with Sophia just for the, my couple favorite lines in the episode came from her. So, Brenda, did you have, who was your bullshit MVP of this episode? <laughs> I'm guessing it's got to wait before you say it. It's got to either be since we've already set parameters that a name has to be mentioned. We're either going to have to be Lars I'm or Lars. one of the Nielsens. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or, or possibly the the uncle who uh, Coast Guard, Coast the Guard. Coast Guard, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's Augustine. Oh, it was Augustine. No, no. I'm oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because he was actually in the episode. I, I'm trying to list people who weren't in the episode, but were just mentioned since that would be the most obscure. Yeah. So, gotcha. all right. So, who, who would be your MVP for this one? It was actually a tie. Uh, the Nielsen sisters. No, uh, Mary Finaro and Mort Nathan. Oh, uh, and who are they? They were the writers. Oh, okay. This episode. That doesn't count. Who's your MVP character? <laughs> for, no, it doesn't count. <laughs> you can't give an MVP to someone who's not in the episode. He mentioned them. They did not get mentioned in the show. <laughs> they had to be mentioned by a character in the show or on the show. Preferably on the show. <laughs> that would be a strong preference to someone who actually appeared in the episode. But if you're going to try to stretch the rules, then uh, they have to be a character. Or not a, a not a writer or a cat or a, you know member like like the lead gaffer you can't pick him I don't care who the boom <laughs> operator was um, none of those people are are up for uh, consideration. Su- Suzanne either. Harris does never get no it. <laughs> no she does not. I would like to think that you know their experience writing this episode is what got them the job writing the movie Kingpin. <laughs> well, it could be. Do they write the movie Kingpin? They did. Oh. That is awesome. I did not know that. That's their fun fact. Yeah, that's a great piece of trivia. But I still don't accept your MVP ballot. <laughs> now your piece of trivia is Ace. But <laughs> your MVP ballot is still ineligible. They also wrote Men in Black 2, and I've now pronounced you Chuck and Larry. Okay. So they weren't all winners. That is but. a wide variety of different. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm giving Brent's MVP vote to Sophia also, <laughs> since he refuses <laughs> to choose a character. I, will I think that's a legit choice. I don't. I don't think you can choose. The episode's MVP? Yeah, I think the episode's MVP has to be a character, not a, a member who participated in writing or creating it that is not a character. Oh, I think that's bullshit. Well, sorry, that's the rules. <laughs> arbitrary. Well, that's fine. I'm, I've never said I'm not <laughs> arbitrary. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I really thought about giving, the, uh, giving my vote to the Nielsen twins just because they did play a very pivotal role. I could get on board with that. I would, yeah, I would slightly... Lost. What's that? You mind the Lars. Fine, Lars. Lars is Prince MVP for this episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, he gets 
You know. Poor guy. <laughs> well, I guess he is kind of the poor guy. He he cheated on the sister on accident, uh, assumably. He was giving sex. I can't feel that exactly. bad for him. Yeah, but he also died. And he got an awesome exactly. freaking funeral twice. Yeah. Well, well how? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say one, the first one was actually cooler, in my opinion. Well, just him like constantly getting lit on fire, <laughs> yes. but having to put out when he's only a little singed. I think that'd be way cooler. Okay. That's what I want now. By the way, you uh, guys, just so you know, I'll definitely keep that in mind. I. I <laughs> I've said for a while, I would like my funeral to be me putting a catapult and shot into the ocean. But uh, unfortunately, I think catapult rental, at least human-sized catapult rental, is probably expensive. No, I'll just build out a cardboard. Yeah, I have no doubt that you could, even at whatever advanced age you might be when I die. So, Do you so, really think that you're going to die before skiing? Um, probably, if you would have asked me this Five ten years ago, mm-hmm. I would have said definitely Ski was going to die first because <laughs> he was the type of guy who, you know, he almost died from appendicitis, you know, because he was like doubled over on the ground and had to be forced <laughs> to go to a doctor. But now he's on like thyroid medicine, oh. so obviously he's not the man he used to be. <laughs> he takes medicine on a consistent basis, sees doctors and whatnot. So now I think that you know he is probably going to outlive me. Um, so, Just in case I, I think saw you'll that catapult now before either of us. More than oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be lucky to make it out of the driveway. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're on your third wife, and I'd say each wife takes at least ten years off the life. <laughs> so, you know, now I mean, I, I think you have a good one here. Um, third time's a charm, but that said, she can't give you back the twenty years you lost from the first <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So, Ski, how many uh, slices of cheesecake would you give this uh, particular episode? I'd go four and a half. Just over half. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Brent? Three. Three? Yep. One from Mort, one from Barry, and one from Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I like the episode, but yeah, there wasn't very many standout moments in it. Um, I, I would say I'd go four with it. Yeah. Just, you know, so, one for each girl. Yeah, pretty much. So, solid episode overall, but nothing spectacular. I'm not going to be in contention for Sophia's Choice when it comes down to the end, but uh, certainly a worthwhile entry into the series. So, And with that, uh, I'll conclude episode seven. So uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.